And I want to begin by sharing with you a couple quotes, if I might. I want to go back to a man by the name of John Adams. John Adams was one of our founding fathers. And I want to just go back and I want to, I want to listen. I want to pay attention. I want to know what was going on in some of our founding fathers' minds as they began this nation some 240-some years ago. So here's the very first one. Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and the charity towards his fellow men and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be? Isn't that incredible? Don't you agree with that? Can you not imagine what our world, what our nation would be like if we all bought into that? Here's one more by Daniel Webster. Listen to what he says. If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we and our posterity neglect its instructions and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. I think we can all relate to that, can't we? I don't think that we're surprised I do maybe think that we're maybe surprised at the fact that how fast things are changing. And I believe that now is our time as a church to stand up and to stand strong. In the book of Leviticus, and the word Leviticus means rules, in the book of Leviticus, we find the nation of Israel encamped around Mount Sinai. Meanwhile, Moses is having a face-to-face -face conversation with the Lord God in the tent of meetings. In this meeting, God is dictating to Moses his requirements for how we are to observe Jewish ceremony. But in reality, what's taking place is this. God is just simply telling Moses and all of us how we are or supposed to coexist on this earth with a holy God. And my friends, his instructions are pretty clear. If you get a chance later, I would encourage you to read Leviticus chapter 26, because in Leviticus chapter 26, the Lord God puts out his requirements. And this is basically what he says. This is how he sums it up. He says, if you are obedient to my decrees and my commands, I will bless you. However, if you are disobedient to my commands and my decrees, then I will punish you. But what I find that is amazing is when you look at the things that he promises to do for us, if we are obedient to him, they blow your mind. He tells us, I'll bless your industry and you'll have plenty to eat. He says, you will be in land and no one, or you will be afraid of no one. You will have no fear. 
He says, when the enemy comes, guess what? When you encounter them, they will run. They will flee before you. He says, I will bring my favor upon you, and I will increase your numbers. All of that sounds great, doesn't it? But the part that I love the most is what he says at the very end, and here's what he says. And I will walk among you and be your God. And you will be my people. Doesn't that sound incredible? Stand with me out of respect for God's word. As I read from Psalm chapter 33, and I'm just going to read one verse. It's verse 12. I love this verse. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I know we can stand on your promises, for you cannot lie. Draw us back to you, Lord, that we may once again enjoy the blessing of a nation whose God is the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. It was interesting, yesterday as I was going through some of the news, there was one of the news stations that was going on and they were interviewing the young people who were living in Georgetown and they were asking them, are you proud to be an American? And most of them said no. And then they began to give some of the reasons why. One of the reasons why is because we support Israel. And then there were a lot of other reasons. Here's what I want to say to you about our nation and where we are right now. Our nation doesn't understand this, but they need the church. Okay? Let me say that again. Our nation may not understand this, but they need the church. Because we know what has to happen in order for God to bless us as a country. Now, what I want to do is, I want to say this to you. Contrary to popular belief, what is going to protect these United States is not going to be the strength of our military. What will protect these United States will be the righteousness of its people and its government. Let me show you what the Bible says about this. In Proverbs 14, verse 34, it says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. Now, what I want you to understand is this is a, a right here and right now type of clause. And what God makes very clear is I'm not talking about something that's coming, and I'm not talking about something that has been. He's talking about right now, and here's what he says. He says, if you live, if you obey my commandments, if you live the way I've asked you to live, you know what? You're going to receive blessing. But if not, then punishment is coming. So what I want to ask this morning is, so what's the answer? And here's what the Lord tells us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I know this is going to sound 
ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyways. Dead people don't get hungry. I also want you to know that one of the signs that you're not feeling well is that you lose your appetite, right? Hunger is a sign of health. Today, as we celebrate Independence Day, a lot of you are going to celebrate by doing what we Americans do great and we do best. What is that? Eat. We eat very well in the Church of God. We do really well at eating, some of us better than others. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what's going to happen today. You're going to cook hot dogs, and you're going to cook brats, and you're going to cook hamburgers. You're going to have potato salad. You're going to have some beans. You're going to have maybe some steaks, but you're going to have all of this food, and then you're going to indulge. We're all going to indulge. And by the end of the day, this is what you're going to hear. Oh, I ate so much. I can't eat another bite, right? But you know what's going to happen a few hours later? You're going to be hungry again, aren't you? When I was little, my grandmother used to fill these plastic gallon jugs of, they used to have ice cream in with, with cookies, and they were left outside in the porch, and that was in front of the kitchen, and there was always the door was closed. So we boys, you know what? We used to have our, our, our free will. We could just have cookies whenever we wanted them. And I remember whenever it was right before dinner, my grandma would say this, don't you boys spoil your appetite by filling up on those cookies. What was she saying? What she was saying there was something very simple. She was just simply saying, I don't want you guys to lose your appetite by filling up your appetite on something that's not good for you. What are you hungry for? Hunger comes from God. But God's desire is to fill you with something that will satisfy you. Now, I don't know about you, but I think to myself, I wonder what he's talking about. What would he tell us that he wants to fill us with that will satisfy? And you know what the Bible tells us satisfies us? Righteousness. Right living fills us up. We all know what happened on Calvary, don't we? Jesus went to the cross, and he died on the cross for us, right? It's personal. When he was on that cross, he was thinking about each one of us. Doesn't that just blow your mind? That I know that while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was thinking about Bob Beckler. And he was willing to pay the price for me, just like he was for you. When I was baptized, you know what? I was buried with Christ and I was raised to new life. In his death, in his res resurrection, I am connected with him. And so what Jesus did is Jesus gave us his righteousness. Do you understand that? 
He created a robe of righteousness and he gave it to each one of us. And we wear that righteousness. And as God looks at us, he sees what Jesus did on the cross and he sees no sin because our debt has been paid. So now we have a choice. You can choose to live in the righteousness of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross or you can follow the way of the world. You know what I've learned in life, what God loves to do? He loves to fill those things which are empty. Think about that for a moment. He loves to fill those things that are empty. Do you remember the, the wedding at Cana? Remember what happened? Jesus and his disciples and his mother were invited to go to Cana. And while they were there, Mary was in charge of the hospitality. And there was a problem. There was a big faux pas. Remember what happened? They ran out of wine. You didn't do that at a wedding. Why? Because that was embarrassing. You'd be the laughing stock. And so Mary went to Jesus and said, Jesus, they're out of wine. And Jesus goes, well, why are you telling me about it? And when Mary went away, remember what she said to, to, to the, the, the people who were serving? He said, do whatever he tells him. When the time was perfect, Jesus said this, fill the empty jars with water. Take them to the bridegroom. And do you remember what happened? The water was changed to wine, and the saying was this, you saved the best for last. My friends, God wants to fill each one of us with that which is best. Do you remember when Jesus was at the well in Samaria and he encountered a woman there? The Bible tells us that this woman came to the well with empty jars. But the Bible also tells us that when she left, she left with a filled life. Do you understand what the prerequisite is for God to fill your life? You have to come before him empty. And as you come before him empty, he will fill you up. Well, why is that so important? Because here's what's happened. We fill our lives with a bunch of stuff. Some of you have something with you called a phone. How many times do you check your phone every day? You check your email, you check your texts, you check TikTok, you check your Facebook constantly. Maybe one of the challenges that I should issue to you is, in this next week, cut down your time on your cell phone. Because here's what the Lord is saying to us. You see, that's Satan's plan. That's his goal. He wants to keep you busy. And if he keeps you busy, then you can't think about the Lord. Now, why does God want us to think about him? Because God's desire is to fill us up. So what has to happen is we have to come before him empty. We have to get rid of all the distractions because it is then and only then that we will hear his instructions. Well, what's his instructions? Here it is. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. There's that word again. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. In Psalm 33, the one that I just read a little bit, the psalmist tells us that there's two things that we're supposed to celebrate. The first thing is, is the sovereignty of God. We're supposed to celebrate the fact that God is all-powerful, that he is omnipresent, that he, there isn't anything that slips through his fingers that he's not aware about. The psalmist says, celebrate that. But the second thing he says that we should celebrate is this. We should celebrate the joy that you and I have living every day knowing that we can depend on God. When you got up this morning, did you recognize that the sun came up again? You realize that tonight the sun's gonna go down again and you're gonna get rest? What the psalmist is telling us is that we should celebrate the character of God. The character of God is seen in his words and his deeds. We hear about God's character in his words and we see God's character in his deeds. Let me show you what I mean. In the beginning, when God said, let there be light, there's his word, there was light, there's the deed. When God was with the Israelites, he parted the waters. He said he was gonna part the waters, and what did he do? He parted the waters, and the people walked over on dry land. When Jesus walked on this earth, when he said to the demons, get out of them, guess what happened? The demons got out of them. When Jesus said, be healed, they were healed. When Jesus said, get up and walk, they walked. That's the character of God that we should celebrate. And so my friends, we know that when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven, right? And we know that when Jesus says you don't have to fight, only stand and be still, I will fight for you. You can bet your bottom dollar that he will do exactly what he said he will do. So if that's the character of our God, my friends, why are we so afraid? Here's what I want to close with. Psalm 33, verses 10 and 11. Listen to these words. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. His purposes are the purposes of his heart through all generations. Here's what I want you to remember that the Bible tells us. God is on his throne and he is watching over everything. And the Bible tells us that no one or nothing can thwart his plans. Nothing can stop his plans. Not any man, not any woman, not any political party. Nothing can thwart his plans. And so God says to us, so guess what? You don't have to be afraid. You know, one of the evidence is of fear. Anger. We see a lot of anger in our nation today, don't we, and in our world. And as Christians, God is telling us, choose to live right. Choose to live in the righteousness. Remember who you are and what you have. Be not afraid. Because I am on the throne. 
and I am orchestrating everything. Can you imagine what would happen to the world, to our nation, to our neighborhood, if they would see us living at peace and living in self-control? Why is that so important? Because the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as we celebrate today, this great nation that we have because it's our home, let's remember the reason why we can celebrate. And not just here, but all around the world because God watches over all nations. He's on the throne. Everything's going according to his plan. So as followers of Jesus Christ, let's not be afraid.